today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. Bibles, turn with me, please, to the fifth chapter of the book of Romans. I had intended on doing a lot more last week, and we only got as far as verse 12. We went to Genesis, and we went backwards instead of going forwards. (laughs) Romans 5, verse 12 Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sin. People hear us quote that verse, or we show them that verse, and I hear a lot of people say, well, that ain't fair. Why should I suffer because of something that Adam did way back yonder? I didn't know Adam. I had absolutely nothing to do with Adam. Why it's not fair that I should suffer because of something that Adam did. Now that sounds good, doesn't it? Well, you have to look at it like this. Adam was the federal head of the human race. We were all in Adam. And when he fell, we were in Adam, we fell as well. There are decisions that are made all the time. Decisions that are made in Washington that affect the whole nation. There are people in charge that make decisions that you and I have absolutely nothing to do with. But yet, decisions are made, laws are passed, and yet, we had nothing to do with it, but yet we suffer because of some of the things that's been passed over the years. So this happens all the time. We're suffering right now some things that happened way back yonder before some of you were even born. And I'm talking about decisions that were made in the 20th century. So when you have someone in charge and they make the wrong decision, it affects everyone under them. So when this scripture says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, you think about that. Adam was the federal head of the human race. 
we are all under Adam. What he did and the decision that he made has affected the whole human race. It's just like those that are over us in Washington that make decisions and do things. We all come under those decisions that are made. Now, as we stated last week, sin is more than just an act that one commits. It is the very nature of the human being. And sin originated with Lucifer, who became Satan after he led a revolution against God sometime in the eons of the past. Now, this event took place before Adam and Eve in the garden, because we can see Satan lurking and hiding amongst the trees of the garden, trying to tempt Adam and Eve to partake of that which God had forbidden them. Genesis 2 and verse 16, God said and commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. The moment that Adam partook of that forbidden fruit, death entered into the human race at that very moment. And when Adam partook of that tree, he sinned. And what he ate so altered his body chemistry. And you and I, being in Adam, what he ate affected us physically. And it's been passed down from then until now. We're all born uh, spiritually dead with a sin nature. And that's how... It all came into the world. All right, look at Romans 5 and verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world. From the time of Adam until Moses was somewhere around 2,400 years. And during that time, there was no law to identify uh, exactly what sin was. Now, just because there was no law, that doesn't mean that there was no sin. Noah's flood was all because of sin. Sin was in the world. But Paul went on to say, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed to those living at that time because there was no law. In other words, uh, they were not held accountable for their sin. He goes on to say in verse 14, though, of Romans chapter 5, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. So just because there was no law and they weren't held accountable, that didn't mean that they wouldn't suffer the effects of sin. They still died. Now, let's take, for example, this road out here in front of the church. Let's say that there, is, there are no speed limits on that road out there. You can go as fast on that road as you want to go. The state trooper can park right here in the church parking lot and clock you going 110 out there if you want to. He cannot write you a ticket because there's no law out there regulating how fast you can go. 
Okay? But let me tell you something. You get up to about 100, 110 miles an hour, when you hit this curve down here, just because there's no law, that don't mean you ain't going to suffer the consequences. You understand what I'm saying? You hit that curve going about 110, just because there ain't no law, that don't mean you ain't going to suffer the consequences. You're going to end up, end up in them trees down there or in that creek or something, and uh, it'll probably kill you. Matter of fact, some time ago, somebody lost control down here and died uh, because of that. So that's what Paul is saying here. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam unto Moses. Uh, he went on to say, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Now, they didn't do exactly what Adam did, but they were still born with the sin nature. And it took its deadly toll. All right. In the latter half of verse 14, Paul begins to contrast between Adam and the Lord Jesus Christ. And let's take a look at that. Who, and that refers to Adam, is the figure of him that was to come, speaking of Christ. As we stated, Adam is the federal head of the human race. But Christ is too, for many reasons. First of all, he created uh, the human race. Both Adam and Christ had a tremendous influence on the human race. Adam's influence was destructive and it brought about death, but Christ's influence was saving and it brought about life. Adam is the author of the fallen, while Christ is the author of the restored, which is the main subject of this fifth chapter of Romans, being reconciled uh, to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you will, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Move down, if you will, to verse 45. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, that's referring to Christ, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, that's referring to Adam again. And afterward, that which is spiritual, which is referring to Christ. Verse 47, the first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, so are they also that are earthy. Now this ties right in with the law of God back in Genesis, the first chapter, where God said, after his kind. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. In verse 49, and as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. We all bear the likeness and the image of Adam's sinful flesh by birth. We're born that way. But by faith in Christ and what he did for us at Calvary's cross, we will one day bear the image of the heavenly. Romans chapter 5, verse 15. Now, these verses here are a little bit 
hard to understand. And I'm going to try to explain it the best that I can. And it's not that Paul didn't know how to express himself. It's just that when the King James translators translated it from the original Greek into our English language, it translates over a little clumsy into our English, and it's hard to, it's hard to understand. Translation work is, is, is difficult. I remember Brother Martin here when he was preaching um, he would he would go from English into Spanish, or he would preach in Spanish and then try to explain it in English, and it's a little bit difficult when you're trying to translate from one language to another. And uh, at any rate, let's try to take a look at verse 15, Romans chapter 5. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. In other words, as all of mankind was condemned through the offense of Adam, our reconciliation to God through the free gift of what Jesus did for us at the cross is much more. For if through the offense of one, speaking of Adam, many be dead. Now this refers to spiritual death, which brings about a physical death. And then, as we know, eternal separation from God in the lake of fire. Much more the grace of God. God's grace is more powerful than what Adam did and can save to the uttermost. Let me say that again. God's grace is more powerful than what Adam did and can save to the uttermost. He went on to say, latter part of verse 15, And the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Again, what Adam did brought evil and death to the whole world, but what Jesus did nullified all of that. What Jesus did corrected all of that. And it will, what Jesus did will ultimately restore everything back to what God originally intended and then some on top of that. Now, some try to take this verse right here to prove what is known as universal salvation. In other words, what Adam did affected everybody. And what Christ did also affected everybody. Everybody can be saved no matter what you do. Well, over and over again in these verses, you'll see where Paul refers to what Jesus did as a free gift. And a gift is not going to benefit you until you receive it. And the only way that we can receive the benefits of God's grace is if we receive it by simple faith. So you have to believe in order to receive it. And as you well know, there's a lot of people out here that don't believe. So that debunks the idea of universal salvation. Verse 16, Romans chapter 5. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. Paul is basically saying the same thing again as he did in the first phrase of the last verse. All mankind is condemned through Adam, but all can be reconciled to God by faith in Christ. He went on to say, for the judgment was by one to condemnation. What Adam did brought about judgment and condemnation to an eternal hell. 
Paul said in the latter part of verse 16, but the free gift is of many offenses under justification. The free gift of what Christ did cleared all of the offenses and brought about justification. Justified, never sinned. Verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, again, that refers to what Adam did, his failure and death reigning over all of mankind, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. God's abundant grace and gift of righteousness when received by faith is much more effective and outweighs the effects of sin. Just as death reigned over us, we can now reign over death through Christ. We were all in the loins of Adam when he did what he did, and we suffer the consequences of death because of that. But by faith, we can be in Christ, and we can receive the benefits of what he did. See, we were all born under Adam, and we suffer because of what Adam did. But by faith, we can be born again in Christ, and we can receive the benefits of eternal life. Verse 18 Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men and the justification of life. Once again, Paul is saying the same thing. This makes about the third time that he has said this. And whenever... Something is said once in the Word of God, we need to pay attention to it. But whenever it is said three times, it's very important. God's trying to tell us something, and we need, we need to take heed to it. Now, what exactly is being said here? It's important for us to know what the problem is. If we don't understand the problem... We're not going to understand the solution. Follow what I'm saying. We need to understand man's problem. Man's problem is a sin nature. We're all born with it. We're all born under Adam. But by faith, we can be born again under Christ. And what Christ did for us gives us eternal life. The solution is in what Jesus did. Verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. By the one act of Adam disobeying God, the human race was declared sinful. But by the one act of obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ, all who believe are declared righteous. Verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. As we stated earlier, those who lived before the law, they were not held accountable for their sin because there was no law at that particular time. And just because there was no law, that don't mean they didn't suffer the consequences for their sin. They still died. But when the law came, the Ten Commandments, 
when that came on the scene, it exposed sin and it defined exactly what sin was. And as simple as the Ten Commandments were, nobody was able to keep it. And it, we've had thousands of years to prove that. And no human being was able to keep the law of God. Matter of fact, it says that during that time, sin abounded. Sin increased during that time. Why? It is something about that sinful nature. When you're told that you can't do something, some people are just going to do it anyway. I heard the story about a man who owned a business, and he had some rocks out in his driveway there, and he wanted them moved. And he put a sign out there that said, free rocks, come get them, and they sit right there. Nobody messed with them. He didn't want to pay nobody to, to move them for him, so then he finally put a sign out there that said this. Please do not take my rocks. They're very precious and they cost a lot of money. Please don't take my rocks. And within a few months' time, the rocks were gone. Y'all have heard me tell the story before. They, they, in, in this mall one time, they set up a box right in the middle of the wall, put a hole in it, put a sign underneath and said, Do not peep in this hole. And they had the camera set back off over here to the side, and people were lined up out of curiosity just to peep in that hole and see what it is. When God identified through the Ten Commandments what sin was, that activated the sin nature. To, what, what is God hiding from me? What's wrong if I do that? And it just made sin abound. And the offenses only increased when the law came. That's why you cannot live for God by law. Even as a Christian, you cannot live for God by the means of law. You can only do it by faith. Faith in His finished work. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit will help you keep those laws. You'll be keeping them and not even know that you're doing it. All right. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Now, this does not give us a license to sin. Paul wasn't talking about that. The idea is this, irrespective of how bad sin is in one's life, there's always enough of the grace of God to cleanse from all sin and to set the captive free. That's what is meant by this verse. It's not a license to sin. And Paul's going to go, in go into that a little bit more when we get into the uh, sixth chapter. Verse 21. That as sin hath reigned unto death. Notice this. Right here is where sin is personified. It pictures... Sin as reigning like a king in the heart of the human being. 
and it reigns in our hearts until death. Even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin reigns unto death like a king. And it's all because of what Adam did. But grace reigns unto eternal life because of what Jesus did. Now, when we say the word grace, of course, we all think of the song Amazing Grace. You have grace as it pertains to umbrella grace, God sending his son into the world to die for our sins. That's grace, umbrella grace. But the moment you accept that grace and you get in, you're, you're saved, you're born again, you're a child of God, you need his grace to live on a daily basis. That is the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. That divine influence is the Holy Spirit. So here we have a sin nature that we're all born with, but by faith in Christ now we have the divine nature, the Holy Spirit. And when he comes into your heart, he knocks that king off the throne. That king of the sin nature is knocked down, and the Holy Spirit is to rule and reign in our lives. And Paul will talk more about that in the sixth chapter, and we're just going to deal with that probably here in just a couple of weeks. If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you. Music